All right, everybody. Well, I was just sitting here trying to figure out. Now, wait, how do I share my screen again? And I'm like, no, wait, I don't need to do anything like like that. So here I am. How quickly I forget the the way this operates and runs. Uh, but it's nice to be able to preach from home, especially on a on a day like today, just to be able to connect with people even when I'm physically away. So I pray that the Lord will just bless us. And as we have just had this communion feast, we pray that we'll always just abide in Christ. And uh, that, that wonderful glory of what he did for us so long ago just fills us with hope. Last week, we were in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and we considered a passage that mentions... Uh, it mentions the thought of of us, as it says in verse uh, number 7 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says, uh, so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we talked about this idea that there is going to be an end someday. The end of time, the end of our lives might come before the end of time. But regardless, someday we're all going to stand before the Lord. We're going to see him face to face when he is, as verse number seven, when he is revealed. And so today I kind of follow up with that less that thought, because last week it was more like that day is going to happen. So we need to be ready for it. But I want to ask you today. Why should we be so eager for that day? What is there that we are awaiting? What are we uh, confidently expecting and longing for? What is it that makes us excited? Uh, and we would pray as, uh, as Paul did, Lord, Lord, come quickly. Why do we get excited about that day? So I've got um, three options for you today. You look at the outline, we've got an A, a B, a C, and a D. And actually, at the end of the lesson, I ask, which of the above do you think is the best reason to be eager for that final day, to be eager for the revealing of Jesus Christ? Someday he is going to descend on the clouds, and we're all going to see him. Why do we want that day to come? So letter A, uh, we go... Uh, into our scriptures today, and we consider first of all what I think is probably our first thought, and that is we will go to heaven. In John 14, verses 1 through 4, and there are many, so many places we can go to to talk about heaven. We've got a few of them in our lesson today, uh, but here we are in John 14, 1 through 4, and Jesus speaking to his closest apostles, um, says this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way, 
where I'm going. So here's this wonderful picture of Jesus before he ascends into heaven. Well, this is even before he went to the cross, but he's he's saying, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I'm going to go and take you uh, to be with me. I want you to be in my father's house. That's the place we call heaven, the place of God's God's abode where we long to go and be someday. And that place is perfect. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. There's nothing bad there. When you turn to Revelation and start reading in some of those final chapters, in chapters 21 and 22, there's a lot of beautiful picture of heaven. And I want us to think about heaven. It's a beautiful place. And I hope we all want to go there. Ryan talked about, you know, kind of as we get older, our days, you know, seem to get shorter like time goes faster. That's a really interesting thing. And we pay more attention, though, to time as we get older because we know that our end is coming soon. But the fact is, all of us need to long for this final day of Christ. And so even the young amongst us, I hope that you long for what is important, that you are prepared to for that final day so that we can plan on all being together in the wonderful place called heaven. I, I want to be together with all of my immediate family, my blood family. I want, I want us to be together in heaven someday. And I really want, uh, I, I want that to extend to all of my church family. I want every one of you to be there. We're going to be in this beautiful place called heaven. And actually, that's one of the options I don't have on here is just the idea of being together with loved ones. But I'll include it here in this idea of heaven. It's a beautiful, wonderful place where there's nothing bad, and we all want to be there. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice in it, from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them. And he shall wipe every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. So we long for that place where there's no nothing bad. It's all good because that is where God is at. In Revelation, I'll jump down to verse 18 and 19. It says, material on the wall is jasper and the city was pure gold like clear clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony. And it goes on with all these beautiful Stones and a description, just all this description of heaven is just creating a picture of beauty as best that we could understand with human words and descriptions. Um, Down in verse 21, it says the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. 
I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory to it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed. And they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and nothing unclean. And no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So again, a picture of beauty, picture of perfection, a picture where there is, there's nothing bad that happens or goes wrong the beautiful place that we call heaven. This is one of the reasons we long for the day of Christ, because we all want to go to heaven. Um, There is another note I have in the the outline that just mentions simply that the blessings of the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, and which is promised for us here and now. Remember, Jesus came and he preached that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here repent and believe the good news. So the kingdom of God has come. Jesus ushered in his kingdom. He is the king now. We're part of his kingdom and we receive all kinds of blessings from it. And related to that was the lesson where we said, God wants you to be rich. He blesses us. He has already blessed us with every blessing that heaven has to offer. But I want to encourage you to think that in heaven, when we go to heaven, all of those blessings will just be magnified. They'll just, and this is my language, this isn't necessarily the scripture, but I I think it fits. It's the only way it works is that all the good things that we know here in this life, they're going to be 10 times, 100 times, eternity's times better in heaven. So as, as I turn and consider Luke, and I just messed up my screen, pause for a second, you'll see me. All right, here we go. As you look at Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 23, and you think about these blessings that we have, they're going to be better in heaven. Luke 6, 20 through 23. And turning his gaze toward his disciples, he began to say, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. So there's this wonderful glory of heaven. It's going to be even better. And I love that idea that that. In the kingdom of God, we we who we used to laugh or used to mourn, we now laugh. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. It's a beautiful thing, the glory of heaven. All right, letter B. So that's letter A. Here's the first option of why we long for Jesus to return is because we will go to heaven. Letter B, we will receive grace. So just one verse for you to consider with this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. And it says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. 
fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So at the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's what we're talking about. That's what was mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. The revelation of Jesus. There is something, according to this verse, that is going to be brought to us. And that is the grace. Grace of God. The wonderful grace. And we, according to this verse, we are to fix our hope completely on this. You know, this is a, this is a strong passage. This is a big message that, If you want to get through this life, you better be hoping for what God is going to do, what God is going to give you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is an important passage. And just according to this, my understanding of grace being related to God's favor and his goodness being bestowed upon us, kind of like we're his children, he's going to give us all the blessings that we need. We are each one his favorite one. Um, he, he is going to give us just all these wonderful blessings, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love, his goodness, all the compassion, the blessings that we need. Every blessing that ha- heaven has to offer, it's, it's going to be magnified on this wonderful day when we receive his full grace. It's just an interesting passage. And I got to say, but one of the things about, uh, you know, this idea of going to heaven, you, I don't preach on that a lot. I, I've had this idea in mind for a long time that it, it seemed to me that a lot of Christians, I don't know where I had this thought from, but it's like a lot of people, they focus on heaven. They're so focused on heaven. I want to go to heaven someday. I want to go to heaven someday that they're just looking for the good things that God is going to do for them someday down the line. And they fail to really live up to all the blessings that God has given to him now. And so I'm always focused on the here and now and what God can do with you here and now. And this verse is teaching me, I've, I've got to do more to help us keep our focus, or fix our hope completely on the day that Christ is going to be revealed and we receive God's grace. That idea of Jesus coming back and him taking us to be with him in heaven, we have to stay focused on that. We can't take our eyes off of that. We do need to live here and now in God's glory and grace, but we need to just keep remain um, in his grace and favor, be spurred on to love and good deeds because we've got our hope fixed on heaven. So we will go to heaven I think very much connected with that, we will receive grace on that day when he appears. And let her see, we will be changed. So here's another, this is related to this idea of we'll receive grace. Here's a blessing that we're going to receive. Here is some of the goodness and favor we're going to be receiving is that we will be changed. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 to 53. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 53. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality. So there's this idea that we'll, we'll go to heaven. There's this idea that we'll receive grace. And here the scripture is very pointed towards this idea that at that in a moment at the last trumpet sound, when Jesus appears in the air, comes on the clouds of the air, and we all see him, we are going to be transformed. We will be changed. As you continue uh, looking at the verses that we've got here, Philippians 3.20 and 21. Philippians 3.20 and 21. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await a Savior. Now pause a second. Did you hear that language? We are eagerly awaiting for a Savior. Just like that's the whole, what's so big about this? What are we waiting for? Um, we're, we're eagerly awaiting our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that has even or that he has even to subject all things to himself. So Jesus, when he appears, he's going to have this glorious, powerful body that, that just brings all things to, into subjection to him where every knee is just going to bow before him. Wonderful power, wonderful authority. And this passage is saying that we're going to be transformed somehow in some way to, uh, to kind of fit conform to that body of glory. So we're going to be like him in some way. Um, and so we, we are expecting that we'll be changed and we expect that we'll be changed into something amazing. And first John chapter three, verse number two says, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we will see him just as he is. So here's this change that is mentioned. Um, the transformation is going to take place in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be changed into something like the glory that we see in Jesus. We're going to be made into that likeness. I don't know what that means. The, notice what the author the first John 3, 2 says, we don't know what will be. He, even he, as he wrote, he didn't know exactly what will be, but he said, but when we see him, we'll be like him. And that is an exciting thing, just to think that we're going to leave this lowly life, uh, lowly body, this humble body, a low body, uh, with its aches and pains and easy to break. And someday it's going to be changed into something amazing. It's going to be changed into the likeness of Christ. And letter D. So we've got all these options. What what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to going to heaven where it's beautiful? Or are you looking forward to the grace that we're going to be receiving? Uh, you're going to, are you looking forward to being changed? Or letter D, are you looking forward to this idea that when Jesus comes, we will get to see Jesus and be with him forever? 
First John 3, 2 that we just met, read and mentioned, notice at the end of that, it says, um, um, verse actually, verse number three is what I needed, and I didn't write that down. Uh, and so it, we shall always be with the Lord, is what it says in verse number three. Uh, let me double check and see. It says, um, oh, at the tail end of, because we will see him just as he is. Oh, okay, so I'm, I'm sorry. The idea of being with the Lord is not in this particular verse. The idea of seeing him is what we're pointing out. Um, we know that when he appears, we will like him because we will see him. We will see him. Seeing him will change us. Just seeing him is what's going to be that spark that changes us somehow. And I really think if we would all acknowledge that, man, if Jesus just came down here and I got to see him, that would probably change how we would live. We would take life a little bit more serious, living for Jesus a lot more serious. Well, someday we are going to see him, and this verse acknowledges it will change us. And I think more than just our attitude changing, I think there's just all kinds of change going to take place. Seeing him is a wonderful thing. Seeing his face is one of the splendors of heaven. Look in uh, first uh, in the book of Revelation in chapter 22, verses 3 and 4, it says there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. So it's kind of like this idea of what one of the glories of heaven is that we're going to see Jesus face to face. We'll be with him forever. It's a glorious, wonderful thing. And uh, we will always be with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter four. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. Just this focus on Jesus being with him, our savior. It says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. You read First Thessalonians there in those, those passages, and it, doesn't, it isn't talking about, hey, you get to go to heaven where it's a beautiful place. Hey, you're going to receive grace. Hey, you'll be changed. It puts the idea of the glory and the reward and the wonder and the splendor of that day as being just the idea that we get to be with Jesus. We get to see him face to face and be with him forever. That's the wonderful joy that we long for. When you uh, think about what Jesus said in John 14, verse 3, uh, we had already read earlier that he said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again that I may receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I want you with me. That's the glory and the wonder and the joy of heaven, being with Jesus forever. So we are awaiting eagerly, going back to the language of 1 Corinthians 1, 7, awaiting eagerly 
the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So just seeing him will be a glorious joy. So which of the above do you think is the best reason to be eager for that final day? What makes you long for the end of this life and Jesus coming back and looking up and seeing him and knowing the time has come? What is it? Is there one of these that's more important, one that's better? I don't have an answer for that. I think they all work together. I think they all fit together. These are all reasons to long for heaven, to long to be with Christ. We will get to go to heaven. We will receive grace. We will be changed. And we will get to see Jesus and be forever with him. What a joy. And it all comes just by believing in Jesus and giving your life to him. So we we witnessed a life given to Christ last week. Somebody who said, I don't want to live my way anymore. I believe that Jesus is the son of God who died to save me from my sins. And that life was brought humbly before Christ. And, uh, and she said, Jesus, here I am. I'm yours. I'm going to live forever for you. So she has turned her life over to Christ and living for him, just as many in the crowd here today have done. We live for Christ Jesus and we long, knowing that Christ is now in us and we are in him. We long for the day of his appearing. We long for the day when he is revealed. We are eagerly awaiting that day because we want to be with him in that glorious place we call heaven. If anyone wants to join us today, you need to give your life to Christ. It can happen today. Uh, If you need to respond, won't you please come as we stand together and sing this song of encouragement.